Welcome to the Frugal Family Home Podcast, where my goal is to help you be more intentional with your time, your money, and your life. I'm your host, Shelly Olson from frugalfamilyhome.com. Welcome to episode 35 of the Frugal Family Home Podcast. And today I'm going to be talking about frugal living ideas that my grandma and great grandma used to use that are still relevant today. So let's get started. My great grandma, she raised 12 kids on a farm and they had to get by with what they had. And so stretching a dollar and making things last and living frugally was just a way of life for them. And even though I never got to go to the farm where my grandma grew up and my great-grandma raised her children, I did get to visit my great-grandma often. And even after moving to a small apartment in the city, she still used a lot of these frugal living tips to help her stretch her dollars. And so you can still live, use them today, even if you don't live on a farm, even if you live in the city, these things are relevant and they can help you save money too. So let's get started. The first one is to make do with what you have. So often you might want to make something or cook a recipe and you look around and you don't have the correct ingredients or you're missing one or two ingredients. So most of the time, what would you run to the store and get the ingredients you need instead of making do with what you have. My grandma used to just substitute things, um, one ingredient for another, use a different fabric, use a different item to make something that she needed to make. And she just made do with what she had because that's what she knew. That's what she had always done. And that's what we can do too. We can make do with what we have and get by instead of always having the thoughts of, oh, I need to run to the store to get this or that. And that is tip number one, make do with what you have. Tip number two is to use it up. You know, when you have a little bit left in a jar, a little bit left in the tube, or a little bit left in a bottle, it's easy to think, ah, there's not that much in there, and I don't need to get that out. There's, re- It's not worth my time or, my, or the effort. And really, you don't want to think that way, because when I discovered I took one of our peanut butter jars and I really took the time to take the peanut butter out. And there was one whole extra serving there. And think about that over a year, you could really almost have an extra jar of peanut butter if you take the time to get that little bit out. And the same goes for toothpaste and lotion and shampoo. And that's something my grandma used to do. She used to use every bit of it up, whether it was something in in a bottle, or it was a piece of clothing that was worn out, things like that. You always want to use it, use all of it until you can't use it anymore. So get taking the time to get that little bit out of the jars, the tubes, the bottles really can make a difference and save you money. Tip number three is to reuse. Reusing was what modern day recycling is now, except for instead of recycling it at the curb, you would recycle it in your house. And this was the recycling of my grandma's day. You would, might have an empty jar, like let's say a mayonnaise jar, because 
because in those days, those jars were made of glass and you wouldn't throw away that jar. You would keep it. You could reuse it to can in. You could use it to store items in. I mean, I still have buttons from my grandma that she saved in old Skippy peanut butter jars and mayonnaise jars that were made of glass from buttons she removed from clothing that was worn out. Yes, it's just, it was just a way of life. You just used everything and you kept everything to reuse. Even old shirts and clothing that had worn out, the buttons were removed and put in those jars I just talked about. And then the fabric, if it was good fabric, not a worn out area, then those would be cut to keep for quilts or curtains, things like that. And finally, the worn out pieces would be kept for rags to clean up and things like that with. So everything was reused. And so reusing was just a way of life for them. And if you get into the habit of reusing everything until you can't possibly use it anymore, you'll cut down on your trash and you can also cut down on your recycling because you're reusing as much as you can. And it'll help you save money too, because you'll be buying less. And that is tip number three, reuse item. And I'll include a few examples of reusing items in the show notes. Tip number four is to grow your own food. Even though my grandma lived in a small apartment when I was growing up, she still grew some of her own food. She had a small garden right outside her back door that they allowed her to grow fruits and vegetables. And that's what she did. She grew her own tomatoes, cucumbers, things like that in a very small space. Even if your space is limited, you can grow your own food too. Things like lettuce, radishes, carrots, tomato, zucchini, and even some berries can all be grown in containers or in small spaces that you have available right around your house. And growing some of your own food can really help you save quite a bit on your food cost. And most varieties of fruits and vegetables come in compact varieties that you can grow in containers or in very limited space. I grow some of them myself in our own garden. We don't have a huge garden at our house. We have just four raised beds that are about four by 11 or four by 10 right in there. And then we have a small area under our maple tree, not the most ideal place, but we grow our raspberries and rhubarb there. And it works out. We make it work and we grow quite a bit of our own fruits and veggies there with just a little effort and we save quite a bit of money. Now, if you don't have room to grow or you live in an area or an apartment where they don't allow you to do that, then you can often find discounted fruits and veggies at farm stands and some discount grocery stores in your area. And those are great places to purchase extras or boxes of fruits and vegetables to be able to can or freeze to store for later. So if you don't have a garden, you still can find ways to save on fruits and vegetables too by using tips like shopping a farm stand. One other way you might be able to save is if you have a gleaning program in your area. In our area, we have a gleaning group. And if you go and volunteer to work, then you get to take home fruits and veggies, breads, 
all kinds of things that they have available that they have they have brought in for everyone to share. So that might be an option and you might look into that too. So number four is to grow your own or find a way to find produce and vegetables and food at discounted prices. Now you found all this great produce and food at a discount. What do you need to do next? Well, that's tip number five to preserve it for later. You have, if you have an abundance out of your garden or you've been given fruits and vegetables or you've went to a gleaning group and came home with a box of green beans, say, we want to preserve it for later. And learning to preserve things isn't as hard as it might sound. Now, one of the ways you can do this is by drying your foods and drying foods just you just need a dehydrator or an oven i found my first dehydrator at a church rummage sale for five dollars i think it'd been used like once it was great and i used that while i saved up for a bigger one because we really like dehydrating vegetables and fruits for later to use in soups and for snacks so that's one way you can preserve your harvest The second way you can preserve fruits and veggies for later is to can them. And now canning to get started, there is some money up front you have to spend. Sometimes you can find the used items um, at estate sales or garage sales and um, jars and things. But once you have all your supplies collected, it's not so bad because the only thing you have to buy year after year to reuse them is just lids. So... And there's a little learning curve, but it's really not bad at all. And I'll link to a book in the show notes um, that I really like on canning. It has great canning recipes and walks you through each step. And it's just a great resource to have. So you can dry the food, can the food, or you can freeze it. And freezing is probably the easiest way to go about preserving food. And most foods can be frozen. There's only a few that don't do well. And all you need is a freezer and some freezer bags. And you might have to blanch the vegetables before you put them in. So they'll last longer. But that's it. Nothing really special. Um, If you have a dedicated freezer for your food preservation, that is even better. I know we have one for our meats and our fruits and veggies that we freeze and it works out good and it's just easy to do as you have food either coming in from your garden or you find a good sale at the store. And if you need some recipes or ideas or tutorials to get you started on preserving food, come on over to the show notes and I will have links to tutorials that I have on the blog. And that is tip number five to preserve food for later. Tip number six is to bake your own. Now when I say bake your own, I mean making things like bread, biscuits, rolls, cookie, things like that. Because I don't know about you, but I'm just shocked every time I walk into the bakery section at the store. And I can't believe how expensive things are to purchase. Muffins and things that are so easy to make at home and they're, they can be very expensive and you can save quite a bit of money. Like bread can be made at home for under a dollar and biscuits in the cans. I was shocked that they were over a dollar for eight biscuits and biscuits can be made for just a few cents at home in minutes. So it's things like that. 
that you can make at home instead of purchasing that can make a big difference and help you live more frugally. And if you need some tutorials and recipes to get you started because you've just never really baked, I'll have links in the show notes for you to our tutorials and recipes. So that is tip number six, bake your own. Tip number seven is to make your own. Take a few minutes to make your own products instead of purchasing them can really help you save money. Making your own items like body wash, lotion bars, lip balms, laundry soap, and all that can really help you save. And if you haven't ever tried making your own products at home like laundry soap or body wash, things like that, don't worry. I will link in the show notes to tutorials that I have so you can make these things yourself at home for pennies on of what it costs at the store. So that is tip number seven to make your own. Tip number eight is to have a well-stocked pantry. Having a well-stocked pantry can help you save money because having inexpensive foods on hand or ingredients on hand to help you make inexpensive meals will keep your food costs lower. When you have a well-stocked frugal pantry, you can make meals for less very easily. But if don't if you don't know what to stock in your frugal pantry, no problem. I have a list of the top 25 items that I keep on hand in my pantry to help me cook more frugally and I'll leave a link to it in the show notes so you can grab a printable copy of the list for yourself. So tip number eight is have a well-stocked pantry to prepare meals out of. Number nine is to use dry beans. Now, I know we just talked about stocking a pantry and beans is one of those in my pantry, one of those items that I keep. And I know it's really easy to grab a can of beans off the shelf to use in a recipe. And I buy canned beans too. But for the majority of our beans, I buy dry beans and make them, cook them, and freeze them. So I have cooked beans ready to go for about a quarter of the cost of a can of beans. Now you might think, oh, this is going to be hard. You have to soak them. You have to do this and that. But no, really, you wash the beans, you throw them in the crock pot, you put water on top, you cook them till they're soft cool them and then spoon them into zipper bags and freeze them. It's really that easy. That's all I do with mine and they're ready to go just like a can of beans. And that's tip number nine, use dry beans. Tip number 10 is make your own groceries. Now we talked earlier about making your own items. Now for things like body wash and laundry soap. And now we're going to talk about making your own groceries. From bone stock to seasoning mixes, you can make a lot of things that you might buy at the store at home fairly easily. Spice mixes can be made inexpensively with spices that you purchase in bulk, like I do at Winco Food, and then mix them up yourself instead of the little foil packets. And that can help you save money And then using the bones from a whole chicken, you can make quite a bit of your own homemade chicken stock or using the bones from a beef roast. You can make beef stock from that. And it's even easier to make your own vegetable stock by using the ends of the veggies that you would normally throw away. Store them in the freezer. When you're ready to make stock, throw them in with some water and seasoning and the slow cooker. And in a few hours, you have stock easily made. But that's just a few things you can make 
yourself at home. To see the full list of 35 groceries you can make at home instead of buying them, head on over and you'll find the link in the show notes. And that is tip number 10 to make your own groceries. Tip number 11 is to live in a smaller house. My grandma raised 12 kids in just a smallish farmhouse. My grandparents raised two kids in 900 square foot. And when it came time for them to retire, they didn't have to move or downsize. They were in a smaller house they could manage in their retirement years. And they lived in that home for over 50 years. And we live in a home the size that most people would consider a starter home for a family of four. But we have no desire to have a bigger house. Because a bigger home comes with more demand maintain, more to clean, more things to break, and it costs more money to acquire. So, and not to mention the bigger house you have, the more expensive, the more taxes you pay to it. Making do with a house that's just enough for your family can help you save on utilities, heating, cooling, and maintenance costs, as well as taxes. So tip number 11 is to live in a smaller home. Tip number 12 is to drink water. It seems so simple just to drink water, but how many of us, myself included from time to time, We'll grab juice or milk or something else to drink instead of water with meals or in between meals. And it adds on calories that we don't really need and it adds on money we have to spend to purchase these things. So instead of serving milk or juice or pop or something else at a meal, serve just water. If you really need to have something besides water, serve a small glass of that and then serve a large glass of water. It can help to really cut down on the cost, cut down on the calories. And I also have discovered a cup that you can put water in and it has a scent to it. So when you drink out of the cup, It smells like berries or lemon lime or oranges or cola. So it tricks your brain into thinking you're not drinking just plain water. And I'll link, I'll have a link to that if you're interested. And that can help you drink water if you really don't like drinking water too. So tip number 12 is to drink water instead of other beverages. Tip number 13 is to skip the paper products. Paper products like napkins and paper towels can really add up if you use them a lot. Instead, switch to cloth napkins or use rags to clean up messes and things like you would for use paper towels for. It can save you money because you can use them over and over again. And you can often find them at garage sales or estate sales or at thrift stores pretty inexpensively. Even if you pay full price at the regular stores for napkins, um, it still will be less money in the long run because you can use them over and over again. And for the rags to use instead of paper towels, you can cut up old sheets that are worn out or have holes in them, use shirts and other things like that to make your own rags to use to clean up instead of paper towels. And that is tip number 13, to skip the paper products. 
Now, these last two tips are probably the most important frugal living tips that I think my grandma ever shared with me. And the first one, number 14, is to value relationships more than possession. We live in a world where you're constantly battling the new big thing, the new thing to replace the old thing. And oh, you have to have the new one. You can't have the old one. You have to keep up with what your neighbors have. And there's this constant bombardment of even if your old one is working good, you need the new one of whatever it is. And my grandma did not have very many possessions and because she said she didn't need them. She always was ready to share what she had with others, whether it be a possession she had, extra produce out of the garden, or just knowledge of cooking, baking, gardening. She was always ready to share with others. And that is one thing that I think can help you live more frugally because when you have very little, you need very little and you can spend that energy you would use on maintaining what you have into putting it into relationships with people around you. And so tip number 14 is to really value your relationships more than material possessions. And tip number 15 is to be content with what you have. And I think being content is probably the most valuable lesson that we can learn. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to be content in the world we live in where we're bombarded with so many opportunities and and new things. But I think when we are content, we can be truly happy and be intentional with our time, our money, and our life because we're not getting pulled into all of those worldly distractions and everything can fall away. And when you're content with what you have, you don't have that allure of needing the next best thing, which can help us keep our money and live more frugally and be really happy because contentment helps you be happy with where you are. And when you can master being content, it's a wonderful thing. So being happy with what you have, being content with what you have is probably the most valuable lesson you can learn in living a frugal life. I know it has helped me tremendously, and I'm sure it can help you too. So that's it. That's my 15 tips for frugal living that I learned from my grandma. And I'm sure you learned some of these too. And I would love to have you come over to the blog at frugalfamilyhome.com forward slash podcast forward slash 35 and share your own frugal living tips that you've learned from your grandparents or or anyone that would help others too. And all of these tips will be listed in the show notes along with links to things I've mentioned. If you like these podcasts, please, please share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next